0: Spoiler alert, here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Okay, before we take this any further, I have uh, a special treat. Alright, oh is it a Jade? A better late than never question mark, Jade explains a thing. Although you're right that Cruel Summer uh, is a song that was performed by Ace of Base, when they performed it, they were actually covering Bananarama, who first put the song out in 1983. The Ace of Base version came out in 1998. And I'm really sorry, Slaney, but you don't get to brag that you have perfect pitch and then sing the song in the wrong key. Jade's going to explain it to you. She was so nervous, by the way, that she was going to hurt your feelings. And she asked me, in her words, to uh, qualify that she's very sorry she had to be a pitch bitch.
1: (laughs) I was hoping that she said, when it ended with, let me explain it to you. I was hoping she was going to sing it herself. (laughs) And I was just going to be like, whoa!
0: Maybe that'll come next week.
1: That would be amazing. No, I'm not offended at all. I don't even really remember singing "Cruel Summer" in the podcast last week, so I don't have much attachment to it. That's the whole. That's the whole I basis. Also, let me just say, I wasn't given it. I wasn't <laughs> trying to. I, I wasn't trying to uh, American Idol myself.
0: No, that's the whole basis of the whole Slaney has perfect pitch thing. Is that you so casually throw out melodies? They're so that's disposable, right. and you just mm-hmm. seem to more often than not. Accidentally land upon the right key, according to Jade. In this most recent example, you fell a little not short. That. But but very often, at least according to my my music degree holding fiance, uh, you have a pretty good track record.
1: Perfect. There's a, a an episode of Detroiters that I was talking about with my friends this weekend because I was trying to like sing something in the kitchen. <laughs> I totally like did not have the right pitch at all. And the whole thing in Detroiters is that Tim Robinson can't sing.
0: Okay, and
1: uh, yet he'll still try to sing jingles in some of the some of the advertisements that they're doing. And one of the jingles is for like Devereaux wigs. <laughs> it's just two the two of them saying like, "Oh, Devereaux," <laughs> and, and he's screaming. And then at the end of the episode, he's in the voice booth trying to get it right because he learns at this point that he doesn't actually sound good. And he is, it's probably like a solid one minute of him just screaming that into the mic over and over, cut after cut after cut. And he's just heartbroken because
0: it it did like shatter the illusion that he he could sing.
1: Yeah. Like they were like going to karaoke together and everyone knew that he couldn't sing but him.
0: I mean, there's nothing worse than a person who thinks they're a great singer. That's true. And they're wrong. I mean, we've built entire pop cultural dynasties around that very cringe factor
1: right like American Idol that's the
0: one yeah they have a <laughs> really? they're, they're actually in the news I wasn't gonna bring this up but since we happen to be talking about American Idol anyway there's a contestant who I guess is like among the finals I don't know where they are in their in their process right now but he's 16 years old he's like their resident country guy Caleb something and mm-hmm. there has surfaced some like KKK themed video with, with him in it and so he's booted off the show. The thing is, are they they
1: calling him KK Caleb?
0: I mean, how could they not?
1: They must be doing that,
0: right? I I don't know. I honestly don't. I just know that he's 16 now. He was 12 in the video, and so like I haven't seen the video. I don't need to see the video, but like probably his parents need to be uh, (laughs) recalibrated. Like it sounds like he was influenced a little bit at 12 years old. Most 12 year olds aren't naturally hateful, and he's 16 now. Yeah. That's the thing about American Idol is like when that show used to be really popular, most of them were 16 then too, but they looked more like right. adults. Yeah. yeah. God,
1: that's awful. That's like the worst scandal that's ever come out of American Idol.
0: It's up there. You and I are like too old to be on American Idol now. We, w- we would not qualify for auditions.
1: What about that guy? Yeah. Even that guy who had like gray hair, what was his name? I think he ended up winning it.
0: He did. Uh, Taylor. His name is Taylor something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. He he played uh, the the guardian angel in Greece on Broadway. Like a lot of these people oh, wow. are no longer pop stars, but they they managed to kind of parlay into some sort of music adjacent career. And his his sure. uh, rival on that season was Catherine McPhee, who's married to David Foster now. Oh wow. Yeah. Do we know what happened to Bo Bikes? Taylor Taylor. Oh, I almost had it for a second. Then it was then it's gone again. Bo I keep wanting Bo- to say Taylor Kitsch, but I know that's not right. Taylor. Taylor Hayes, Taylor, maybe it's not Taylor. Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm pretty Bo- sure it's Taylor. Bo-, Bo Bice is, I'm sure he's still rocking out too. He he had a real knack <laughs> for uh, Bo Bice. Nobody holds a, a floor length mic stand like Bo Bice. He would grab it from like mid shaft and he would do the arena <laughs> song. And
1: <laughs> Why is that such a thing for some artists? They're like, no, I need the floor. The- might stand. Other people are, like, walking around with, like, kicking out.
0: You need ass-length hair to pull it off. Yeah, yeah. you have
1: to be Steven Tyler
0: or Bo Bice. <laughs> it's just... That's it. That's all... And never the tween <laughs> shall meet. Did they, though? Because he was a judge on American Idol.
1: No, not at that time.
0: Hey, check out this uh, segue. It's often forgotten that Ellen DeGeneres was a judge on American Idol. But she was. And... Of course, the big news of the week is that her show is ending after season 19.
1: Yeah. Season 19?
0: Yeah, they're in 18 now. So basically one more year of the Ellen show.
1: Oh, okay. Right. She basically had two seasons per year.
0: Uh, Well, that could be true. No, no. She's been around for for every bit of, of 19 years.
1: There's no way that I was like 12 years old when that show first came on.
0: I think you were, bud.
1: I think I was like 15. (laughs) I guess it's only a difference of like three years. So I suppose it's possible.
0: Like if you go back and look at those original clips, I think Jennifer Aniston was her first guest. Like it's clearly a long time ago. It is a different Mm. age and generation. Anyway, so she she announced that um, it's just not a challenge anymore. Although it seems to me that- that Yeah,
1: is that why you do a show?
0: Well, it's just very odd because it seems to me that your show only got challenging in the last six to eight months.
1: Seems like maybe it's the most challenging. Yeah, it's,
0: it seems like now there's a new, very specific challenge to your job that you maybe just have too much money to want to deal with. Which part of me kind of gets?
1: Totally, man. Okay, two things on the money thing. The first thing, uh, Dax Shepard had Prince Harry on today. I listened to which that. Which is very yeah. impressive. Yeah, and they said at the beginning, and and you know obviously this was this was all premeditated. And by the way, we're going. Specifically, like exclusively to Spotify, yeah. Um, and that's going to be better for us, it's going to be a better platform. I'm like, man, Dax, like, you would be the guy who'd say something like, Listen, just say that the money is better, Mm -hmm. just like it. You know what? If you don't give all this background to why it's happening, just say that they're clearly paying you a bunch of money to do this, right? And and like, I think Joe Rogan is exclusive to Spotify, yeah. Surprisingly. Bill Simmons is not exclusive to Spotify yet. No, yet Spotify owns his podcast, so I don't know if he included that in his deal.
0: It could be a fancy deal, but and I'm not one to give Joe Rogan a lot of credit, especially these days. But it seems like if such a thing existed contractually, Rogan would have would have gotten it.
1: I thought so too. I really thought so, but I don't know. The other thing that I was going to mention.
0: Well, um, let's let's not blow past it because I I I, right, let's I, I did want to. Comment on the fact that that armchair expert is going to Spotify. I I only listen to half of them anyway, and it's only when the guest is good enough, and their guests tend to be really good. I suspect their guests are going to stay as good, and I don't know if this has turned out to be numerically as um as uh, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but influential, I guess. For for Rogan, I have to think his audience is smaller. I have to think armchair expert's audience is going to be smaller. Like I, and it's not just because. Well, you don't have to... Boy, my brain's going to be fun tonight, isn't it? Um, (laughs) It's not like you have to pay for a Spotify account in order to be able to listen to Spotify uh, podcasts. But if it's only there, I have to open a separate app and I'm not already fluent in the mechanics of that app. Like, I I listen to some of the Obama Springsteen podcasts just out of curiosity, but I'm just not used to how to use their podcast app and so I'll never finish it. And so I'm not going to bother. The thing is,
1: if enough shows go go that way i i think i i'll have to make the
0: move i guess but it's kind of disappointing isn't it if if what was once like a pretty pure wild west of a of a forum is is all segregated the way network tv is i mean i guess it was only a matter of time for something as lucrative as podcasts
1: yeah yeah it's true once the celebrities got in there they found a way to really monopolize it
0: that's right well it's probably only a matter of time before ellen has a as a short podcast.
1: Hey, you know who was doing podcasts before? Conan O'Brien, Dax Shepard, Barack Obama, and Bruce
0: Springsteen? These folks. Sweets and Slightly. These boys. We totally missed our fifth anniversary, by the way. It just blew by. I was going to ask. Well, we're, we're co- I think it's because
1: we're distracted by the looming two hundo.
0: Coming up on two hundo. It seems like the second hundo took a long time to get through.
1: <laughs> and the third hundo? Going to oh, take even longer. Oh,
0: boy, yeah. We'll be retired. We're going to
1: be into like... 2026 by the time Three <laughs> Endo comes along, but
0: still trying our best. That's right. We're
1: gonna we're going to be like um, I don't know Aerosmith. We're we're never gonna be like, hey, we're breaking up now. We're just gonna randomly put out a podcast every other month if, well, if it comes down to it.
0: If we're Aerosmith, hopefully we record our podcasts from floor length pole microphones, and so we'll just <laughs> grab the mid shaft and. Rock and roll. Hey. Dream on, please, baby.
1: Will, will you be the Bo Bice to my Steven Tyler? <laughs> Wait a second. No. That's not <laughs> fair.
0: <laughs> and I know that Bo
1: Bice isn't in an Aerosmith, but he can pull it off.
0: Taylor Taylor, something. People are screaming at their phones.
1: Let me Google it here. Okay. I got
0: it. Help me out here. Who is the name of the Taylor who won American Idol and had gray hair and he sang a little bit like Joe Cocker? Taylor Hicks. Never would have gotten there. I wouldn't no. I would not have arrived at Taylor Hicks all night long.
1: No. Well, I'm happy I'm here for you. Thanks, bud. I'm the I'm the new Google producer. I can look stuff up because we're both on computers now.
0: could be me. my my Monica, my Jamie, my Steven Tyler. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're Jamie.
1: <laughs> um, did you hear the news about John Mulaney?
0: Okay. Like today's news about John Mulaney. Today's news about John Mulaney. Shit.
1: Now we we can't blow past the fact that
0: like no. a divorce was announced this week, which is crazy. Only three days ago, they they and it was really like I don't want to call it dirty laundry, but they seem to give us more information than they had to. Like like Anna announced publicly that she's heartbroken that John has decided to end their marriage, and statistically, it's it's very common, in fact, for people to come back from some kind of. Rehabilitation process and for their uh, personal life otherwise to make dramatic shifts. And so, uh, John Mulaney's getting divorced from his wife, and and then he did comedy, and and now three days later, I was I was so hoping that you wouldn't know about this because I really wanted to surprise you with it because my jaw hit the floor.
1: I wouldn't have, but Jen showed me an Instagram post not forty five minutes ago.
0: Yeah, he's dating Olivia Munn.
1: Yeah. I said yikes. Which
0: that. I don't want to judge anybody, but except I do and cuz that's what we've done well for 5 years. Uh, something feels very tawdry about this, doesn't it? It does. It doesn't be wholesome, that's no, for sure. No. It feels <laughs> weird. And did you hear where they met? No. You'll never guess.
1: Is it going to be like Scientology or something?
0: Close. They they met at church. At church. Yeah. And I know that like a lot of uh mainstream recovery programs use like the Lord as one of the main tenets and you can, you know, according to Dax, you can choose however much you wish to to be informed wow. by the the literalism of that. I don't know what's going on with John. It doesn't matter too much to me either, because I don't know him as a person. But like it's just so weird to me that like John Mullaney went to church and there was Olivia Munn and now they're fucking.
1: was it was it kanye west's church is this the type of church we're talking about
0: yeah maybe it was
1: celebrity church
0: yeah that was kind of like
1: fun and everyone was singing
0: and Sia was like
1: honestly i was just going to kanye's (laughs) church because it was so fun
0: it's like raya they have their own exclusive church right
1: well hey i mean that is maybe the craziest thing i'll hear all day
0: i think it is so bizarre and like I like Olivia Munn. She's spicy, she's funny, she's a good actor, she's great looking. But it she just seems to have had a few too many celebrity relationships and then it seems like something bad happens every single time.
1: Well, one being Aaron Rodgers. I know. And then did I tell you like she was talking about guys underperforming in bed or something and like everyone basically was like you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, aren't you? Maybe I don't
0: think she denied it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, maybe I remember hearing that story, but I saw a list today of all of the famous people Olivia Munn has been linked to. Let me see if I can find it. It was on page six today, and so that's how you know it was true. Um, sarcasm. Uh, Olivia, I'm just going to read Olivia Munn's Wikipedia page because our podcast doesn't uh, isn't owned by Spotify. And so I can yeah, do whatever true. I want. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, John Mulaney... Joel Kinneman, who you'd recognize. Uh nobody else here on Wikipedia. She is among the people who accused Brett Ratner of repeated sexual harassment. That's good. Way to go, Mun.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um oh, anyway. Joel Kinnaman's like kind of a star. Oh yeah, famous guy. There are lots of famous people. I'm telling you. Yeah. Doesn't he matter. was in that
1: that moonwalk show, that uh
0: HANA as though he was the, in, the moon landing. Wasn't he in um House of Cards? He was in House of Cards. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it all just seems kinda of sad because I kinda of liked that uh that relationship, John and his and his wife.
1: I it really seemed like it was one of those uh built to stand the test of time. But they met at
0: church, Slaney. John John Mullaney and Olivia Munn met at church. It's just so Hollywood Hills.
1: You know what? I don't pretend to I need to stop the illusion that celebrities that I like are normal. in any way normal mm. or you know I just think once you have a certain amount of fame and money all bets are off
0: yep I think that's probably fair fair to say okay as long as we're talking about uh shady tawdry tabloid stuff do you have any thoughts on Benefer 2.0 on on no, J- what is on this the reunion of Jafleck are you serious I No, I did
1: not know about Are this. Are you this serious?
0: It's, man, I kind of <laughs> Geely feel... Geely 2.0? Geely 2.0. I think that this might be, like, I'm not even being ironic. I think it maybe is, like, an all-time great love story if Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez actually figure it out together after all of this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was the one time that I believed in a celebrity rush. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that was that was truly something that I think I was probably upset about it at the time. I was I was maybe in like junior high, being like, What? Like Ben Affleck? Come on.
0: Well, like Benifer was a very mainstream part of the lexicon for a time. Like that was a very normal thing to say. And then they both went away and got married a couple of times. And as I understand, when she and A Rod split, he gave her a shout and they've been like photographed together in and out of cars a bunch of times. And I just think it's terrific. <laughs> I think it's great. I'm happy about it.
1: Man, wow. I'm trying to to like make a Goodwill hunting joke that I,
0: uh, I guess, how do you like them apples? It's more a Matt Damon's A-Rod? lane, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's one of those things where he was like, you know what? Remember that time, J-Lo, that I told you that one day I wished I'd just wake up and you wouldn't be here. <laughs> I regret saying that to you. I'm happy you're back.
0: I wonder if, and I don't know who Matt Damon's married to, but I wonder if he like ever like screws something up. His wife is ever like, "It's not your fault." It's I'm not your sure fault. That that must, it must come up life. all the time, telling people to him, "It's not his fault." Except for when it is. It is your fault. <laughs>
1: it's your
0: fault, Damon. It's your fault. Okay. Knives Out Two is the other uh, exciting topic of of discussion this week in entertainment news. There isn't a whole lot like big broad strokes. Oh, we should talk about the HFPA in a few minutes, but I wanted to talk about Knives Out Two. They've slowly been announcing the new cast, big juicy ensemble to match the credentials of the first Knives Out. Ryan Johnson, Daniel Craig back as Benoit Blanc, and now we know um, Ed Norton going to be in it. Okay. Dave Bautista. Jan- Janelle Monet and okay. Catherine Hahn. So, All right. Really good start.
1: That's an that's an interesting cast.
0: I decided I would take the liberty of filling out the rest of the cast. So this is just uh, taking into consideration budgets, the balance of personality types, and what I think would make for a good other half of the ensemble. I've added oh, um, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. <laughs> just the most difficult name to pronounce. Yep. Uh, okay, off Ma- of that. Maya Hawk. Okay. Matthew Broderick. And, wow. And Cecily Strong. Throw her in there, too.
1: Wow. You did a great job with that.
0: I think so, too. And I also want Anna DeArmas back, by the way, speaking of Ben Affleck. I think that Knives Out 2 worked because she was surprisingly so charming.
1: What's her tie to Ben Affleck?
0: They dated for quite a while, most recently. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. I like it. I'm interested.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you lit up at good. the at the prospect of Matthew Broderick. That was creative.
1: It just seemed like that was such a deep pull. Like, in, they are nowhere near the Zitgeist at all right now. Mm. So I really appreciated you going in on Matthew Broderick. I think he can do he weird. He can do anything like Yeah,
0: now. it's campy, right? That kind of seems to be up his, his alley. Yeah.
1: yeah, especially if he played like a, like rather than kind of like a nervous, like, Man in his forties played kind of like more of a villain.
0: Oh, a villainous character! I like that.
1: Yeah, or just like a guy who like swears a lot and like just something outside Matthew Broderick's kind of like that.
0: I guess we're kind of due for a, a Matthew Broderick assance, a Ferris assance, if you will.
1: Yeah, Ferris.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be great.
1: Hey, um, wh- have you been watching anything new this week?
0: No, we didn't really watch any new shows. You know what we watched on the weekend? I had seen it before. Uh, we watched My Cousin Vinny,
1: okay,
0: which I totally recommend. Like I remember seeing it as a kid, and I guess thinking it was funny because they like have funny New York accents or whatever. And so we we threw it on, and it was so much funnier than I remembered. It is such a good script. Joe Pesci is, I mean, it's not it's not groundbreaking to say that he's like such a great actor, but he's such a great comedic actor, which we also knew. Yeah. Uh, Marissa Tomei won an Academy Award for it which is a, a little strange but it's it's just such a fun movie and by the way uh, courtroom comedy is is not used enough I don't think as a genre and so
1: and that's what that is
0: yeah that's what it is so it starts with um, Ralph Macchio oh, wait can, is like, I,
1: can I do the thing where I guess yes. The, premise of the yes okay so Cher is in it right
0: share you say share not
1: in my cousin didn't.
0: are you thinking of Moonstruck No, I always thought she was in
1: My Cousin Vinny, but it's Marissa Tomei and Joe Pesci.
0: Correct. Those are the two people. And Ralph Macchio.
1: And Ralph Macchio. Okay. So Marissa Tomei, normal person, cousin Vinny, mob boss, implicated in crime, Ralph Macchio,
0: witness or family member. You got some of the some of that right. It begins. Did I get the cousin Vinny part? Well, yes. This is in the title. That's a dead giveaway. His he Perfect. he is someone's cousin, and his name is Vinny. In the beginning, Ralph Macchio is like he's with his buddy, and he's from New York, and they're driving through what is I think an Alabama town. Maybe it's Georgia, like some southern town, and they get uh, implicated in the murder of a convenience store clerk. And all it is is bad timing, but there's a string of misunderstandings and they get put on trial for murder. And they have no um, decent alibi and they have no legal uh, resources except Ralph Macchio's cousin Vinny, played by Joe Pesci, who has only just passed the bar six weeks ago and is from New York. And so he and his girlfriend, Marissa Tomei, pull into town and it's a fish out of water story. And it's basically about these like, these brooklyn uh people who do not understand the culture of this this small town at all and he's not he's not a good lawyer but he is a smart guy and i kind of think that's what makes the the writing good is that they didn't make him a buffoon they just made him embarrassing and um it's just it's he's so funny in it we had a blast watching it
1: really yeah okay I, I'm interested. I've I've never been interested in that movie before, but now I am interested.
0: Oh, well, you like Joe Pesci? I think that I think that it's up of your Um, that's on uh, Disney Plus. Uh, Star. What about okay. you? Are you watching anything? Did you watch any, any any B movies?
1: You know what I've been watching. What I've been watching, and I've been obsessed with it, and so has Jen. And we had no interest in this topic at all. At all. So I don't want you to to make any any uh like, oh, of course you're watching that kind of kind of jokes. Okay. But we started watching Formula 1 Drive to Survive on Netflix and oh Yeah. My god, sweets.
0: I have a buddy it who said the same thing. He's yeah.
1: So compelling.
0: Yeah. I heard that.
1: I knew nothing about Formula 1 before. And now I feel like I should be watching it every single weekend. It is absolutely insane. And it being shot in 4K, like last dance style, is such an incredible idea. And like getting a hit of this show every night or like a couple times a night is absolutely amazing. Like I don't know what I'm gonna do once the show is done. And, and I, this all started on kind of like a, yeah, let's just like, toss it on and see like last Saturday, kind of like, I don't know, maybe like late night, throw it on and watch some cars zoom around. It's so cool.
0: Yeah, you don't have to do a big sell job. I, I heard the same thing from other people that like it, it clearly wouldn't have legs if it was only for the niche audience of like Formula One super fans. Although I understand that that's a pretty big demographic on its own, but that's that's what I've heard before about it, That it's that it's universally entertaining and riveting.
1: You know, what's crazy just to like, maybe pique your interest. I'm not sure. There are only 10 teams, so there's 10 teams. Each team has two drivers. Hmm. There are 20 drivers in the sport. Okay. And there are 20 races in a year. So you literally have the 20 fastest race car drivers, race car (laughs) driving every weekend for like 20 weeks in a row going all around the the travel schedule is ridiculous. Mm. That alone is something to be like like observed. They'll go from like like Monaco to Austin, Texas, to the Middle East to uh England to friggin' like Singapore. It is such a crazy schedule. I don't know when they ever get downtime, I guess like the other six months of the year. And there's no rules about like how fast, like there's a rule about how fast your car can be, but like Mercedes has all the money so they always have the fastest car. Okay. It's such a weird, 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 weird dynamic.
0: So do you feel qualified now to have feelings about this culture? Like will you get into this This, as, as a spectator sport?
1: I don't, okay, here's one thing. If I'm ever in like Austin, when an f1 race or qualifying or practice is happening i'm 100 percent without a doubt going there oh cool like it it would be so crazy and the, the the tracks are crazy huge they're like like the austin one is like three and a half miles or something
0: oh wow so there's plenty of spots to so it's not just it's not just an oval
1: It's not just an open. No, no, no. It's good. Sometimes they're like Monica was literally on the streets of Monica. That's cool. They just, it's so crazy. It's so insane. And they, there's two people on each team and they're basically like, they have the weirdest dynamic because they're always competing against each other, but they're on the same team, but they're the only, your teammate is the only one with the exact same specs as you, Mm. like all the same race car specs. So really, you're always trying to beat your teammate. Oh, okay. And so there's times where two teammates are like racing against each other. And like, there's definitely times where two teammates are crashing into each other. And there's all I, these like brawls and this drama. It's
0: crazy. I guess that would be the best way to prove that you're the better driver. If you were able to show that you had a better time using the same tools.
1: Yeah, man. And, exactly. And, and the media is absolutely like... I don't know if it's like the european media in general like there's no real north american involvement in no. any of like there's like a north american team but there's no north american drivers there's like some like general managers or whatever but the, the media will go and be like now nah, sweets i heard uh, you said that uh, i heard slaney talked a little bit too much on the on the podcast do you think that you're out of a job anytime soon
0: based on that like they they pick fights they plant seeds they
1: they go at people yeah and like and everyone will be up on the stage at the same time like you'll be up on the stage with like four other race car drivers and like someone that you definitely have a feud with and there will just be like peppered questions back and forth it's
0: it's wild i mean you're doing a great job of making it sound excellent and i had heard that before and so maybe it just never cropped up on my netflix queue but i would give it a i would give it a shot for sure
1: trust me man. like I it was a last resort for me yeah it was like okay well like I'm at the bottom of Netflix maybe I'll try and and I've texted people being like you seem like you'd be into this show and they're always yeah without question without any exception so super far. into it they're they're like yes I do yeah. watch the show and yes I'm super into it my friend Dan he said that he started watching it two years ago and he's like Formula One is the only sport that I follow now.
0: So this is a show that's been around for a while, and there's a backlog to catch up on. Yeah, there's three seasons. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the most recent season, I guess, is the best, the third season. We're into the second season, which delivers.
0: on Yeah. I can't can't help but think about the episode in the first season of Malcolm in the Middle, where Hal takes the boys out of school and takes them to the stock car racetrack. And do they just like bake in the hot sun and they're miserable and they're super bored. And I think Dewey gets lost or something, but I remember that it's, it's this classic story about like fatherly bonding, I guess, but, but through your father's interests, it's not always worthwhile. Anyway, I I don't know anything about, about NASCAR or formula one or racing in general, but I remember that episode of Malcolm in the middle. Nice.
1: Hell yeah, man. Also, it's so funny that you mentioned that Dewey got lost. I feel like that was (laughs) a plot for, like, every episode for two years.
0: That show can't be found anywhere.
1: No, the closest reference to Malcolm in the Middle was on uh, WandaVision.
0: Oh, that's true. It was such a random uh, family sitcom for them to choose as, like, one of the signature era-defining sitcoms.
1: I totally thought so, too, and I wanted to see like what their decision process on that was. I, I, it was perfect for me. It was probably perfect for you. Yeah, me too. We both were like right in the, in the pocket of what they were going for.
0: But it aired at the same time as like the golden age of the network sitcom, your will and graces and your 70s show friends even. And they didn't really do a pastiche of that style of comedy.
1: Totally. Yeah. I think it was because it was a, family comedy like it's hard mm. to do a family like version of even friends isn't really a family like it's like kind of young
0: people raymond life. is a family comedy
1: yeah they probably could have done raymond it's just so derivative of like the shows that they were doing before like True. what was the like other early 90s show
0: they did like the oh kinda, the early 90s uh full house i think
1: yeah that, that was kind of like the vibe they were going for yeah. i think so like at least Malcolm in the Middle was like a little edgier. I don't know.
0: Did you watch any more of um, the John Stamos show where he's a basketball coach? No, that show sucks. It I did suck. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like I, I can't can't get into that anymore. I'm. I still stand by the the Mighty Ducks show. Yep. We we are continuing to watch
0: that. One of the nice surprises for sure. Of- Continues
1: to be good. There was a cameo from like six of the Mighty Ducks last week.
0: Not Keenan. Great. Not
1: Keenan. How, and not Joshua Jackson, but we kind of hope that he shows up at some point. How
0: right was I that nobody would take the week off for Elon out of some kind of ethical stance against billionaires? It had a completely full deck on Saturday night, cast wise.
1: What did you think of Elon?
0: You know what? I only saw a, a couple of sketches because my DVR uh, failed us, but I saw enough to know yeah. what we were doing. The, I mean, the monologue was horrifying. It was like, it was so hard to watch. Um, but almost
1: oddly like like
0: um humanizing what because he said he has Asperger's
1: I don't know it was just so so incredibly awkward and like the jokes were funny but like he was he was delivering them in such a way like I didn't expect to to, you know giggle at all through it but it, it was funny
0: I mean, it was an experience. There's no question. And I'm not surprised yeah. that the ratings were really good. I think I predicted that as well. But uh, no, in general, I, th- I thought that it was exactly what could be expected.
1: What they did with that was essentially like what Logan Paul and uh, Floyd Mayweather are doing with the, the upcoming boxing match. Well, Gotcha hat was
0: Elon Musk. Break break that down for me. What, what are they doing? Because it seems to me that... Logan Paul genuinely thinks that he could win that fight and there might be some truth to that because that's kind of the excitement of these fights is that if you lay one lucky shot you could win the whole thing
1: yes um I don't think he actually can win I like Floyd Mayweather is undefeated in his boxing career now he hasn't fought the last time he fought he fought um uh, Conor McGregor and will yes, yeah. beat Conor McGregor who's an MMA fighter.
0: But that was the whole uh, allure of that fight if I remember correctly that that Conor McGregor had been trained differently entirely and so the way that we're cross-pollinating disciplines maybe Floyd yeah. is not um, so unmatched as he has otherwise well, been.
1: Well to to flip that on its head so yeah, Logan Paul fought a former MMA fighter last week but he'd like This MMA fighter had like, he was way out of shape and he famously had been knocked out like a million times Mm. in embarrassing ways. That might be an exaggeration. Jade could probably explain it better than I
0: could. (laughs) Jade, we need um, your help. What do you know about MMA?
1: (laughs) What do you know about Ben Askren's uh, MMA record? (laughs) Um, But uh, he, yeah, Logan Paul kind of took it, I think knowing that he was going to win that. Now this one, you know, I think he's really selling the hype of like, no, no, really, I'm going to beat Floyd Mayweather. And it's gonna be like a Floyd Mayweather clear win. That's part but of it. But like though. they're they're doing what they have to do to sell the fight. Like, so did you see Gotcha Hat? Yes. Okay. So that like I mean
0: that makes me want to watch it.
1: It just makes me want wanna watch Floyd Mayweather knock out. Did he get did
0: he get hit in the face? Is that what happened? No, no. He just, like,
1: they they were doing, like, the weigh-ins or something, which is a common thing where, yeah. like, you know, a scuff always kind of, like, breaks out. Floyd Mayweather, like, stepped up to him, and it, like, seemed like they were going to have words, and then Logan Paul just took his hat off of them and said, got hat, and ran away.
0: Oh, he, was, when, no, when, he, when he ran no away, I think I thought that maybe Floyd Mayweather, like, smacked him or something, and that he, like, ran no, away.
1: No, I think you... They
0: cowardice. always, like,
1: hold each other back at that point. It's just, like, the most, like you know it's it's textbook
0: couldn't he get fucking killed
1: yeah i mean he's pretty big yeah so i i wouldn't imagine he'd get killed it seems like he's like i don't know if they're even gonna weigh in at like the same kind of class like it seems like logan paul might be like 200 pounds and and floyd Mayweather might be like i don't know like 170 right which which never would typically happen. Like he would always kind of be in the same weight class of, of Logan, the person you're playing.
0: Logan Paul is in this new movie with Andrew Garfield. Have you seen the trailer for Mainstream? Yes.
1: It looks it's kind of like kind super of eerie. Divisive.
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know anything about it. Just that it it looks to be kind of this interesting, incredibly modern movie about about how influential and sociopathic these super internet celebrities can sometimes be
1: yeah yeah I know. uh i I saw the trailer and it was like some people were like, this is disgusting why I, don't it's just a, I think they just found the thought of it being about like influencers like why are we making a movie about that? I mean,
0: so, I ha- why would we make a movie about anything? like I, I know I haven't, that is that's the main takeaway. I haven't seen it yet, but they said the same thing about about Wolf of Wall Street and the social network and like, that that criticism is so silly because those movies do not well they they don't valorize those people (laughs) those movies are not to not i don't think that mainstream is 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 here to show you that this is (laughs) what you should strive towards
1: right yeah yeah now it's time to take influencers seriously um just quickly on the um on the saturday night live tip yeah the one skit that made me laugh so hard was the uh, I don't know what it was called oh, it was murder Durder.
0: Okay, I didn't see it.
1: Oh my god, I'm so upset that you didn't because it was a huge spoof of the mayor of East Town. Oh, that's too bad. It's yeah, yeah, it fit perfectly and and the whole design, I guess I'll talk about it now cuz just talk about the skit. Sure. The whole thing was like like kate winslet is in pennsylvania <laughs> it's like showing clips of them talking and it's like with a distinct we think maybe philadelphia accent yeah oh and then yeah she's like your daughter <laughs> yeah she was murdered <laughs> and then beck bennett plays the husband the uh the father who mm. comes in with like the handlebar mustache and he's like are you telling me someone murdered my daughter <laughs> and then he like falls to his knees and screams and uh at one point it gets acknowledged that like wait you're a grandma and she's like yeah I'm a pennsylvania 46 <laughs> <laughs> it was like that was the i was actually laughing out loud i think the entire time and i hadn't even seen Merviss town at that point
0: that's something that really threw me when i started watching Merves town and i i get that it's I get that it's the point that she's too young to be a grandma, and Kate Winslet is yeah. forty-six, but it's still so jarring that Kate Winslet is playing a grandmother, and it's not like she's wearing old age makeup or anything.
1: No, I know, she's she's a terrific act. I will say
0: one of the greatest, no question. Okay, uh, as long as we're talking about it, let's let's go. I'm going to put you on the clock. You're, you're going to recap the first episode of of Mayor of East Town.
1: Murder, murder
0: in she does say she says worder at one point she's talking about water and yeah, it's it's, it's a, a
1: very like a very Pennsylvania
0: oh yeah weird thing okay recap sure. the first episode in three two one go okay mayor is a cop in East town um she
1: is notoriously not solved this crime where uh, a girl has gone missing it, the whole story takes place over like eight hours she's doing her typical cop stuff um she's like you know, helping neighborhood people with their drug addict brothers and, and yada yada.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, she has like a rapport with all of the people who have struggles. Like they know her, oh, but they call her Mayor.
1: Everyone knows Mayor. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, B side of the story, which kind of becomes the A side, is there is a girl with a kid. She's probably in her late teens, maybe like high school.
0: Yeah. Erin um, is her name.
1: Aaron is her name. Okay, yeah. uh, her boyfriend Brandon is a, uh, a, a bad person, and uh, he has a new girlfriend. The girlfriend doesn't like her or the kid at all. She threatens to beat her up because of a text message that she sent. Um, she is supposed to go out on a date. She goes to meet the person in the woods, <laughs> which is a bad call, yeah. and realizes that she's been catfished and it's the group of bullies right. and.
0: And, and and her baby her daddy, who's right there. It's not just her, her ex-boyfriend, he's the father of her child who's just there oh, and yeah. lets this horrible stuff happen. Yeah.
1: And uh, they yeah, they beat her up, she kind of runs off. Uh Mare ends up meeting an author at a bar after mm. a high school kind of reunion basketball thing, yeah. Where they
0: kind of like commemorate how good she was in, in high school. That's right. There's a backstory where Mare was like the the Pistol Pete of Pawnee, like she was the high school basketball star once upon a time. They call her Lady Hawk. That was right. probably
1: the B name for the show, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway, she meets this author and she hooks up with him while yeah. her ex husband is having a, a new engagement party. Right. And at the end of the show, she gets a call because her there a, a new uh, body has shown up. A new
0: Okay, and I was a little nervous to look directly at the TV because of my queasy, and yeah. so I couldn't tell if that that girl in the creek was Aaron or I don't think it was Siobhan Mare's daughter, but it kind of no, looked kind of looked like Aaron. But then, like, why no. would why would they kill off her? Yeah, it was it was uh, Aaron. It was, eh, the 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 baby's yeah. mother. The baby's mother. Yeah, yeah I guess I kind of figured mother's that down. that's who it was, but like. We did not see her that like gang of of people like murder her. In fact, she kind of appeared to get rescued from them by Siobhan, right?
1: Like that altercation yeah, was over. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing that made me so mad was like I knew at this point that she was going to be the dead girl that the show is centered around. Oh, I did. And know. and you know she's walking away, and Siobhan's like, "Are you okay? Do you need to drive home or mm-hmm. something?" And like clearly she does, but she's just like trying to cover her bloody nose.
0: Right. Okay. So so I guess the rest of the season is a is a murder mystery. Is it is it the yeah. the baby daddy who doesn't have any money, or is it the current girlfriend of the baby daddy who has a history of being horrible to Aaron? Is right. there a or con- is it is there a connection? There's
1: also a, a lurker who's potentially out there.
0: Well, right, because there's this other girl Katie who's been missing for a year, and so there's probably a connection between those two instances right. but
1: but the show opens up with a young girl screaming because she's changing upstairs and this lady called mayor because she's like hey mayor like i this crazy she i don't know she they're like she's like this is a non-emergency why are you calling me
0: oh okay I, I don't that doesn't ring a bell you don't remember this i don't know i i watched it intently but maybe i'm just maybe i blanked on it
1: so it's like the first scene of the show where. Okay. Mayor gets this call and she goes in, and it's like an older lady who knows her. And she's like, My dot, my like, this girl was changing upstairs, and ah, all of a sudden, there was a man who looked like a ferret outside. Right.
0: Okay. Yes, yeah. no, I know what you're talking about. Sometimes these shows that introduce you to a lot of people in a new episode, especially these shows that like start on some kind of like red herring introduction that's gonna loop back around three episodes from now, it's very yeah. hard to to process all of that when you're just trying to retain like people's faces. Like yeah, it's, true. it's also critical that Mare lives with her daughter and her so her daughter is Siobhan, but I'm guessing that Siobhan is not uh drew's mother drew is is her because like i, th- I think maybe- at, the, at,
1: at the end of the show we see she wakes up with her her grandson like she she put her grandson to bed and right. kind of like ended up just like sleeping in his bed and she looks up and she sees this like you know kind of like adult adolescent staring back at her and the right. kid had earlier earlier mentioned that yeah, I'm going to name my turtle Kevin because Kevin was my dad's
0: name. Right. So we don't know if, if Kevin is. Uh, so Ke-
1: Kevin is obviously his her son. father. Yeah, who's her son?
0: Yes, but we he don't know. We don't know where, where that man. dude is. And so he had a right. sister, and that's Siobhan. This is the whole family tree. And meanwhile, Jean Smart is uh, is Kate Winslet's mother, the great grandmother. And there seems to be some kind of like, she's going to be a Greek chorus for the cast or something. I and mean, yeah. da- David Dinman, Roy from The Office, is her ex-husband, who's pretty prominently featured.
1: Which was funny because The Office was also filmed in Pennsylvania, and there was not a single Pennsylvania accent to be had in that show.
0: That's a good point. I mean, it wasn't filmed and in Pennsylvania. Show... To be fair, it was filmed in Hollywood.
1: Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I, and uh, but I mean, like same actors, like they're still like LA actors, just yeah. putting on.
0: That's a good point. Just just found that funny. Yeah,
1: they don't choose to go with a, a Pennsylvania accent all the time.
0: It was um a real drag. Like so many shows that we watch I'm like sort of curious what happens next but not enough to invest the time and mm-hmm. and also knowing that like it's just so depressing all the time and everybody's sat- like like Kate Winslet you said she's a wonderful actor but she's so pathetic in this. And we've kind of done the the trope of detective who Commits her life to like bettering the world is barely holding her own world together in her personal life. Right. We've kind of done that trope a million different times. And for that reason, this show didn't, you know, it's a Sunday night HBO drama. It's got the most prestigious time slot in television. It's not television, but it didn't feel a whole lot higher brow to me than SVU.
1: Yeah, that's a fair comparison. I mean it seemed like a like maybe a high production value SCU.
0: Mm. Yeah. With less gun gung. Better cast, obviously. Way better cast.
1: I, I I'm okay. I, I'm I'm alright with it. There has to be shows like this. Are we suspicious
0: um, of the author dude from the bar, the handsome middle aged silver fox who hooks up with with Mare? Because as soon as I saw him, I'm like, he's new in town? Cause that's suspicious. And then he seems all too charming. Plus I find this lame. He has her over and they hook up and he has mentioned that he wrote a book that by the way, there's like it won the national book award or something. And so he's like quite an impressive author and, and I, they made a TV movie in the nineties and he still has stacks of his book just lying around his place.
1: And he's selling them for eighteen fifty on eBay. When yeah, are you successful, and are you successful
0: the, or not? The funniest thing is
1: they're selling. I'm like, okay, just because you have books doesn't mean that they will necessarily sell on eBay. Like, are they selling at bookstores or not?
0: Well, he won the National Book Award and they made a, a, a TV movie. So he probably has uh, at least a modest fan base.
1: But I think he's also like not trying to write any more books.
0: I, I, I think I found him suspicious. Be,
1: he says, I peaked early. And right. I think you're supposed to get the same vibe. Like, I think it's supposed to be like, oh, yeah, this Lady Hawk, who is uh, yeah. an all star basketball in the town that everyone knows now. She also. Well, early.
0: they're they're very literal about that because she's talking about being Lady Hawk and. And he's like, is that impressive? She's like, it is around here, not in most places. And then they parrot the same dialogue when talking about his National Book Award.
1: Right, yeah.
0: I always find it a little, if not cringy, just very uh, jarring when a TV show very obviously has a beer sponsor. So... Well, let's talk about this. Because
1: they had a couple, like, they also had a McCain fries bag. (laughs) Yes. That she iced her ankle with. And I'm like, okay, Rolling Rock and McCain are both definitely two Canadian companies. I'm pretty sure McCain is like an Atlantic Canadian company. So then I looked yeah, up maybe. where it was actually filmed. And it's like filmed in Idaho or Delaware or something.
0: Well, I, I didn't know that Rolling Rock was was a Canadian company, but I... I I'm pretty sure it's out of Ontario. They make a, they make a joke out of it in um, Cobra Kai, like that Billy Zapka only ever drinks Coors Banquet. And so like that's what yes. that he calls that his drink. And that's kind of funny cuz like what a silly thing to be your drink. But yeah. It, I'm noticing already that Mare is drinking Rolling Rock's like at dinner and that's okay. But it's when she goes to the bar and she's like I'll have a Rolling Rock and that's already fresh in your mind. I'm like okay, well Roll- yeah. Rolling Rock paid for this.
1: And she's got um like Rolling Rock at the like <laughs> basketball thing that she's <laughs> she's like holding it in the gym. I'm like Who's letting her guzzle so many Rolling Rocks right
0: now? She's wearing a Rolling Rock hat at one point. There's one of those, like, (laughs) fluorescent Rolling Rock signs in her house.
1: She grabs the mic on the basketball court and says she's like (laughs) first and foremost that Rolling Rock.
0: (laughs) I tell you what, this conversation is making me want a Rolling Rock, which I guess (laughs) means they were successful.
1: (laughs) They did it. I'm going to go have some McCain fries.
0: Yeah. I don't think I have a whole lot more to say about it. It was it was gloomy, but the acting was kind of good. I'm curious about who, who killed Aaron. In spite of all we said about, about Pennsylvania accents, and it sounds like it was a funny sketch on SNL. Um, I I do think Kate Winslet is really good at regionally specific American accents. She's she's done them many times, and um, I obviously love her. She's great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and back then it was also
0: hilarious. I'll have to go back and watch it. You know, the reason I didn't, I woke up the next morning. I stayed up for a couple sketches. And uh, then I figured I'd just watch it on the DVR the next day. And my DVR didn't record it. And so I could go in and watch it on demand, but there's no fast forward feature on demand. Oh, and, I and I can't, so I can't bear to watch that monologue again. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: And there's a commercial after every skit.
0: Yeah. I know we're spoiled. We are. What do you think about um about Seth Rogen saying he has no plans to work with James Franco? Cuz I don't think that that's as um salacious as it's made out to be in the headlines.
1: Do you just think that okay, I don't know anything about this story yet. So so, so someone like there was a headline that said yeah. Seth Rogen says he no longer plans to work with or he doesn't plan to work with James Franco. Yeah, that could Correct. just be like like I literally don't have plans.
0: Yes. And that and that's With what I James that's Frank. what I think it is. I mean, it is part of a greater conversation because he's promoting a book, and and he was asked about where he stands on or if he believes the allegations against James Franco. Uh, and yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know why you, why you feel like it's it's a safe time to ask that of Seth Rogen. It's just like none of your business. Like he he's he's not out here advocating for James Franco anyway. Doesn't yeah. matter. He, and basically, that's all he says. It's like. I, when I work, I take allegations very seriously and at this time, I have no plans to work with with James Franco. But like you said, that could just be nothing is slated and it's be, it's been turned into it's when woven into this uh left his buddy out to dry kind of narrative. and I don't care if he works with James Franco again but but it just it's a a very it's a topic a topic that's very easy to get cynical about right. It's
1: kind of easy to villainize either
0: one. Well, one and me- media manipulation that. is so uh, evident in this particular example. Yeah. Which oh, they, yeah. they talked a lot about uh, with Prince Harry. That was a great get, by the way.
1: An incredible get. Yeah. Like, And then they were so smart to that same day say so that was the day that they... Because it's clearly going to be the most listened to podcast yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Oprah was able to do it and then Dax Shepard was able to do it. Yeah, I think Dax is is actually really having like an insane, insane moment, like Mm -hmm. like more so than even like six months ago.
0: Well, interestingly, you know we've talked about how when Ellen leaves, your Drew Barrymores and your Kelly Clarkson's will vie for that role of like dominant queen of daytime interviewing. I actually, yeah. I actually think accidentally the culture has shifted so much that Dak Shepard has landed that role. He's yeah, he's the queen. He's the queen of daytime, uh, like talk shows. Like that's exactly the same audience.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't care. I don't think he'd want to turn it into TV. Like I don't no, think no. He should.
0: no, no, yeah. But like, I th- I think daytime talk shows were. In part, invented for people who stayed at home throughout the day. That's why soap operas were invented to keep you entertained while you, like, you know, did housework or whatever. And that's what podcasts are for now.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a good point.
1: Funny too, in the time that like everyone is at home, right? Or exactly. at
0: least here. Yeah, well, interesting in the that the podcast boom is happening, but I, I, down in the states, they're as far as they're concerned, the pandemic is over. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's true. My sister like drove up to Boston to like hang out with her like oh, yeah. laws
0: and stuff. They'll say as much. They'll be like, "Here is, at the end of the pandemic, and yeah, we have two thousand cases or whatever."
1: They're like, "Yeah, everyone's vaccinated." Like literally, we would be vaccinated if we were in the states right
0: now. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard an interview with Jake Tapper today talking about that. He was it was a Canadian interview, but he was talking about how it's strange because so often Americans envy the medical accessibility that canadians have and it's very obvious that it's it's just not even comparable how much how much easier it is in in the states in terms of vaccine accessibility granted their instance of people who will refuse the vaccine is much higher in the states and they have more people in general so it's much harder for them to reach herd immunity giving these variants uh much more influence
1: yeah i i think that the other thing that i heard somewhere was republican states at first were not like you know they were like anti-mask and everything but once like the vaccine rolled out they were they did a really they were like vaccinating people in way higher numbers yeah because there was less less discussion around like which vaccines we should use and how we should do it and What's the best way of getting it? they were just like, okay, come one, come all, let's just like start vaccinating people. And kind of because of that, they weirdly like were able to get through a ton more people.
0: I think one of my main takeaways from all of this and something I'll carry with me forever, is uh the the is the witnessing of of the uh patenting of vaccinations for a virus that's Killing millions of people like I, I don't think I'll ever recover from from the witnessing of that we've known all our lives that like big pharma is evil. And now to and, and I know that it's being regulated to an extent a little bit better so down in the States now and Biden stepped in but like that these major pharmaceutical companies could each come up with their own completely proprietary version of a vaccine that helps save millions of lives and essentially the world in general. And it's just completely accepted. Nobody even asks them to make it public. Nobody even asks, nobody has any expectation for there to be a Kirkland vaccine to the extent that when I say that, it sounds like I'm joking. But like, that's the difference between the world ending and the world not ending. But we're like, well, you know, Pfizer's got to make money, right? And it just seems like if ever there was a time to put capitalism aside, this was it and it didn't happen. And I, I think I'm always going to be a little cynical about having seen that firsthand.
1: You know what I'm confused about, though? Like, Frederick, Frederick Banting created insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, didn't create insulin, but essentially, like, discovered that insulin was what was missing and, like, created, like, supplements, basically, like, yeah. re- well, and even took insulin from other animals and, like, put that in. But he was the person who kind of, like, discovered insulin was the issue. Yes. Um, and he never put a patent on it. Mm-hmm and yet people in the states are paying like you know and and like i have i have insurance to cover my insulin but it's not like it's democratized it's not like you can go in and pick up insulin for
0: no four in, bucks. in fact um i have an uncle who does not have a pancreas and when he retired he thought about moving here he lives in ontario but he can't he he like his retirement like the 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 coverage he has, he just could not survive in Nova Scotia because of his diabetes, really? yeah,
1: wow, so yeah it's 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 weird I mean I guess my point is, although all these private companies are are running it, we're still like we're not gonna have to pay for our vaccines
0: no, no, that's true. they're not paying for them down in the states either,
1: yeah. It's it is weird though and and it's weird that we know all of the companies like we're like oh did you get the yeah. AstraZeneca did you get the Pfizer did you get the Johnson and Johnson did you get the Moderna like
0: it's just a way of identifying yourself I guess it's just like it's be, it's become a team team sport or or just like a, a cocktail party anecdote which one did you get that I mean there right. was there was an SNL sketch about that as well um, Right
1: Johnson and Johnson 2021
0: I saw um Today, Biden tweeted this that if you still don't have your vaccine, here's the phone number you can text and it'll tell you where to go. Wow. Like doesn't that that's sound incredible. it's it's incredible. Meanwhile, that's go. that's what I'm doing to get tests every Saturday cuz this is our new outing every week is to go get tests on Saturday afternoons. Woohoo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't got a test since the the 3 and and one week.
0: You haven't gone anywhere.
1: I haven't gone anywhere. No. We've gone for runs. That's been the nicest thing.
0: Oh, good for you. We haven't been able to to develop a, a new habit of going for runs. No. Too depressed. <laughs> Too depressed to exercise. That's right. What's that going to do? So we talked last week about Will Smith's dad bod being his big thing right now. He's very proud of it. And I have to give him mm-hmm. credit for that. But now he's widely being compared to Adam West's Batman for being the dad bod action hero. Which I guess he is. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what what uh, Hitchcock was. Hitchcock
0: was an action hero. Oh Hitch. No. Hancock. Hancock. Thank you. (laughs) But he didn't have a dad bod then. He was jacked in Hancock.
1: It's unfair that he did a movie called Hitch and a movie
0: called Hancock. That's just. I I thought you meant Alfred Hitchcock. I was like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, he he had the ultimate dad bod.
0: <laughs> not an action hero, though.
1: And and by the not way, I'm,
0: I'm sure this this flabby gut is just part of some kind of cinema related transformation that Will Smith is embracing, and good for him. But mm-hmm. I just kind of thought that Adam West was sacred ground, and we shouldn't we shouldn't compare the two.
1: No, definitely not. No, I mean I don't know. I think one day we'll say that Will Smith, although not to be trusted, was sacred ground.
0: Yeah, sure. Definitely. Wait a second, do you trust Adam West? Is that the problem here?
1: I think the problem is maybe I don't trust Adam West. Oh, no, what do no. I know about Adam West? Well, he was great.
0: So, is he so now funny. Yeah, he died like probably 5 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So geez. it's okay we can talk about him. He won't hear. <laughs> now we're free to talk about Adam. There. Um,
1: yeah, you know what? I, I just think it's probably a wise move to never trust Will Smith.
0: That's what I've been saying for over five years. <laughs> five years, 192 apps. <laughs> I like this that you, for you you Adam only wise. know that it's episode 192 because it's written over my shoulder. That's the
1: only reason I know that it's episode <laughs> and I actually really appreciate it. Okay, helped me keep it tally.
0: Well, we'll keep it up, and we will continue not to trust Will Smith going forward. And happy
1: belated five-year anniversary.
0: <laughs> and to you too, buddy. Here's to the next five. <laughs>